Hi, welcome to Tabs Two Cents, the show where we talk about finance, business, and achieving success. Today on the show, we have Brian Reeves. Brian is the creator of Gator Traders, which is a educational platform for technical trading. Hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to Tabs Two Cents, the show for average Joe investors, where we talk finance and how to achieve success. Hey, Brian, welcome to the show. Thank you. So I just wanted to start off with a little introduction. What is Gator Traders? All right. So Gator Traders is first and foremost, it's about uh, technical trading education. Initially, it started off as technical analysis education. And then I kind of came to the realization that just because you can read a chart doesn't mean you can actually trade the information that you're extrapolating from the chart. A lot of people had difficulty with risk management. A lot of people had difficulty with uh, where to enter, where to exit, holding too long, selling too early, things of that nature. So we've been transitioning over the last three to six months, something like that, especially now that this market's so choppy. Uh, we've been transitioning into or from technical analysis education to a full-blown technical trading uh, education. And the design isn't trying to get everybody to trade like me. I'm a scalper. Not everybody is a scalper. Not everybody is tickled to death over getting 12% gains and getting out of a trade in two or three minutes. Some people want to see a little bit bigger deal. They're more swing trade oriented, even in their day trading. And what I do doesn't necessarily work for those people. And what those people do doesn't necessarily work for me. So we've come up with a way um, to to satisfy all these uh, all of these different types of trading uh, trading personalities. And we strive to try to help people identify what type of trader they are. There are other people like me that are scalpers and gator traders, and there are other people that are more swing trade-ish style, even in their day trading. And we have, uh, we have contributors and we have volunteers and things like that that actually help out uh, with people that are more geared towards that style of trading. They want to see the bigger gains and fewer trades. Um, so we, we've kind of built an entire course, an entire world on identifying who you are as a trader and getting you equipped with the tools and the skills that work for you. Because what works for me as a scalper doesn't necessarily work for somebody else as a swing trader or more of an investor type mentality or just a bigger hold type day trader. Um, that's where we're at now. We're actually looking into... Uh, getting into lifetime memberships and things like that and stuff on down the road that I'm working on. And I, uh, and a 78 video course that's coming out pretty soon just to help people identify, well, first off, learn how to do technical analysis because you can't do technical trading unless you know how to read a chart and then how to enter the stock the right way, uh, how to manage the risk, how to set profit targets and price targets that actually matter, when to bail, when to recognize whenever it's weak and things like that. So people can take these tools and this knowledge and adapt it to their style and use what works for them and throw away the stuff that doesn't work for them and develop their own style and personality as a trader to help them be successful, hopefully sooner, hopefully sooner, because usually the stats are three to five years, three to five accounts. It's what a retail trader is going to go through before they're a successful trader. Here at Gator Traders, we're seeing people profitable as soon as three to six months, and most of them haven't lost an account at all. If they have lost an account, it's usually before they joined premium or they didn't listen to what they learned in, <laughs> in Gator Traders. Then they finally started listening and became profitable. So we're, we're creating traders. We're not trying to create a certain chart system or anything like that. We're actually trying to create traders from the ground up, from the first line you've ever drawn to a chart to actually taking uh, 100% options trades like we did today in the SPY. Oh, I think, I think that's awesome. That is a lot of videos. I'm sure there is a ton of information there for people to learn. I think it's fantastic that you mentioned how it's personalized because everybody isn't the same. So one strategy doesn't work for a vast amount of people. It's usually every strategy is different for every person. So I know for you, um, just what I've picked up is that you're hundred percent cash at the start of the day. You're hundred percent cash right. at the end of the day. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about your characteristics and why that works for you. Okay. So whenever I first started out trading, I was lured to small caps, small cap swing trading, small cap investing, like pretty much everybody in retail. Everybody's drawn to OTCs because we can get, you know, a million shares or something for a thousand dollars and I, I makes us feel cool or whatever until we realize how the math actually works and this kind of stuff. It doesn't really matter how many shares you have. It matters how much percent your money goes up. Um, so I started off with that investor mentality. 
moved slowly and gradually into swing trading, blew up a, a couple of really bad, awful trades and decided that I needed to learn how to get into this and figure this stuff out, kind of get some kind of edge. And that's uh, that's kind of where I started moving towards becoming a day trader. Um, me personally, I like being in the small caps investing world, but this isn't the market for that. And I realized that this isn't the market for that whenever uh, back in August of last year, uh, I started putting out some videos and things like that of uh, warning that I think that, has, that, the, that the spy is going to go down. I'm calling it October is what I was saying back then. And uh, of course, the talking heads on TV are buy, 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 just telling everybody to buy, 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 buy all the time uh, with their little disclaimer at the bottom. This is not financial advice, right? So it's fun to sit there and pump it up or scream and holler or whatever, but to actually do an analysis and try to put out good information um, and not be a financial advisor because, you know, I can't do that. But um, gradually started shifting towards that day traders mentality. And then whenever the actual drop started happening, we started seeing SPY level off and cap out. It's like, all right, the game's changed. Buy and hold's not going to work in this market anymore because we don't know where the top of this range is. And we don't know where the bottom of the range is yet. We have to let the range get established. And if we're going to start playing into a ranging market or a sideways market for the people who aren't familiar with the technical terms, but if we're going to start dealing with the ranging market, then we need to be able to identify the tops. We need to be able to identify the bottoms. And we need to be, uh, need to be able to get in and get out. Uh, so I needed liquidity. So I started transitioning over to large, uh, large stocks like the uh, or ETFs and uh, things like that, like the SPY, uh, Tesla, um, AMD is another favorite of mine. Moved over to these and suddenly I realized that I can't day trade this. You know, first off, I would have to have you know, at least 25,000 in my account at all times. And to maximize my potential gains of whole 1% a day or something like that, I would have to put all $25,000 or 25,000 plus in the market and I would have to keep it there. That's assuming a lot of risk. And I got to thinking about it. So, well, I can play options. I can play options on these for a lot cheaper. And if I take those options, yeah, I might take a 20% loss, but money-wise, I'm not losing as much money. So I started getting into the options game. Um, moved everything from a margin account to a cash account, moved whatever I didn't need in my cash account to a bank account. I said, okay, the most I can lose in this game now is $5,000. I have no margin. I'm on cash only. Uh, I can settle my cash out at the end of the day, every single day. Um, and you know, the worst case scenario, if I blow up my account, I'll lose five grand. So this is a good starting place. I'm comfortable with this financially. I'm comfortable with this as a trader. Uh, let's do it. And went and lost a few trades. It takes a little bit to learn this, especially if I didn't know, I don't have anybody teaching me, right? I'm having to teach myself a lot of this stuff. And then I take what I learned and I pass it on to other people and we learn together and we have little focus groups and things like that with our Zoom meetings every week. Um, and every single day, at the end of the day, I made a commitment that in this trading account, what used to be my small cap swing trading account, uh, in this trading account, I'm going to be 100% cash at the end of the day. My goal is to take $5,000, move it up to $10,000. If I get it to $10,000, I'm going to pull it back down to five and do it again. I'm going to pull it back down to five, do it again, pull it back down to five, do it again. And I'm actually doing that the seventh time right now. So what I'm doing is working, you know, but uh, I'm actually really comfortable with this because at any given time, the most risk that I have in the market with this high risk trades, you know, the, the kind of trades that I was looking for in small caps, I'm getting with options now, sometimes a lot faster, uh, sometimes a lot better. I don't know if I'll ever go back to small cap swing trading. Uh, I'm not sure if I'll ever be convinced that that's what I need to do whenever I can turn around. And like, like I said, SPY today, we caught, uh, caught a nice bounce off of a, uh, off of a key level and took 115% trade in 15 minutes. I mean, it's, it's hard. It's, it's going to be hard for me to walk away from that and go back to small cap straight. And whenever the market turns bullish, but at the same time, it's a lot less stressful just to buy and hold. So maybe I will go back to a margin account. Maybe I'll set up a whole separate account just for the small caps. I don't know yet, but being hundred percent cash at the end of the day has protected me from so much horror in this market with Russia invading Ukraine and everybody's expecting the market to, do, uh, market to go down that next day and it takes off and runs. Who would have thought that was going to happen? So everybody buys, 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 buys. And I'm in it too. I'm buying calls, you know, market's going up, I'm buying calls. And at the end of the day, it's like, well, it's time for me to close out my positions. Let's go ahead and close out my positions. And I think it was the next day or maybe two days later, it just bottomed out and tanked. I wasn't exposed to that. I wasn't exposed to that pre-market or that after hours drop. I'm absolutely, I'm absolutely loving uh, being cash at the end of the day as part of my risk management profile at this point. It's, it's not just the way that this works with uh, options trading on a cash account. It's actually um, 
kind of a pillar of my risk management at this point too. Yeah, for sure. And it, with options, you can certainly get those big gains or big losses. Um, yes. I know I get a lot of people asking me about options and it's, it's one of those things in my brain that makes sense, but it's hard to sort of explain. I wonder if you could just kind of go over options for people, just how they work, what they are. All right. So I have a very caveman approach to options. Market go up by call, market go down by put, right? But what I'm doing is I'm actually leveraging the, uh, or not leveraging, but I'm using, I'm purchasing the options that expire as near to today as possible. So uh, today's uh, calls or calls and puts that we played in the SPY, we were actually playing the zero days because they expired today. Um, we're using that to get the theta out of it and not having to purchase that time because I'm not looking for this to print. I'm looking just to flip the premium and let somebody else, somebody else wants them, they can have them. They can have the puts, they can have the calls, they can print, it can not print, I don't care. All I'm looking for is to try to get in, make my 20, 30%, 100%, whatever the case may be, and get out of the market as quickly and cleanly as possible with a small footprint because I don't want people to really know, you know, pick up on what I'm doing as a retail trader. I don't want to go in there with $100,000 and all that. Sure, it'd be great to just knock out that huge gain like that, but I'm also going to start tipping off market makers to what I'm doing in the market and other traders of what I'm doing in the market. And I kind of want to be invisible in the market. I want to blend in them with the crowd. I want to be able to have highly liquid positions that I can just absolutely escape you know, without having to worry about order fills and all that other type of stuff. So I'm looking at small positions. I'm looking at anywhere from one to five, maybe one to 10 calls in the SPY. Uh, very rarely do I go more of, um, over more than that. With Tesla, which is a lot more expensive than SPY, I'm looking at maybe one to two, one to three uh, calls or puts at any given time. And of course, like I said, these are going to be weeklies or these are going to be zero days or something like that. So I don't have to pay for the time. If I'm not paying for the time, I don't have to worry about the Delta. I don't have to worry about the Gamma. I don't have to worry about the, any, of the, any of the other Greeks. So I don't have to go into these advanced strategies to try to pick the right call or the right put to maximize my money. All I'm looking to do is catch the momentum or catch the support or resistance, depending on what I'm trying to, uh, what, what kind of trade I'm trying to do. And I'm trying to get that profit as quick as possible and get out of the market whenever I hit my price target. Every trade that I have before I hit the buy button, for the most part, sometimes I hit the buy button first, but I always come back and I set up a trade plan. What's my risk? What's my reward? When do I get out you know, with profits or when do I run away screaming with a, uh, with a, uh, with a loss? And I set all of my risk to reward at about a one to two ratio. $1 risk to every $2 of reward is what I'm expecting. Now, I don't trade the options chart like some options people do. I trade a price action chart on TradingView. I'm looking for those key levels. I'm looking for those key level breakouts, breakdowns. I'm looking for certain areas of support that I would expect. And as long as price is hanging out around that, I'm not too worried about the IV and all this other type of stuff. I'm not usually in the market for more than 20 minutes at a time on a trade. So I don't have to worry about a lot of these Greeks coming back and eating me like you would if you're trying to trade options like for three weeks out. You know what I'm saying? So I'm a different type of options trader. I'm an options day trader. I am not the guy uh, that can explain the best way to get this particular, you know, inter, you know, you can get into the stock here because of the theta and the delta and this and that. Um, and the price action and all of this combined, you should get these calls that expire this day and you should, you know, hold them for 16 and a half days and then sell them. They have strategies like that. They have people that can do that. I'm not that guy. I'm just looking to flip the premium real quick and get out of the market, go back to cash. Yeah. And that explains why you like those super liquid tickers like spy or Tesla right, or right. some of those, some of those names that have really high volume because otherwise, you know, you might get stuck with an order that you didn't want to necessarily keep. Exactly. And that's happened to me in small caps. Cause I started doing this in my favorite small cap stocks. Like, Oh, I buy calls. I can buy puts, same as shares and it'll be fine. And then I got stuck with a hundred calls on something that I didn't want a hundred calls in. <laughs> And yeah. it wouldn't fill. I mean, there was nothing I could do. I could hit the button as many times as I wanted, and I just couldn't yeah. get rid of it. I'm like, oh no, this is never happening again. Yeah, that is, yeah, that is definitely a risk um, with options. And it's interesting because I was listening to the investors podcast mm -hmm. and they had uh, Tom Sosnoff on there. He's a tasty trade guy. Right. And uh, he's big into options. That's what he does too. He just trades options only. And he, he was saying how, you know, Lots of people look at the best way to grow wealth as buying and holding stocks. 
which is great. Don't get me wrong. But Tom pointed out that a lot of the new multimillionaires, soon to be billionaires, those guys got there with options. So, you know, it's, it's old money that we see. And that doesn't necessarily mean that it's always the best way or still the best way. There's just, there's other options for lack of a better word out there. Yeah. And, and, and if you look at the, how the stock market actually works and how investing in anything, not necessarily the stock market, but currencies or real estate or anything else, you can typically get your best reward off of higher risk, but you have to be able to manage the risk. That's the whole caveat to all of this that catches a lot of people. This is why retail traders fail. Everybody tells you how to get into a trade, when to get into a trade, but nobody ever talks about when to sell the trade or when or where to actually put your stop loss at in a place that makes sense. Um, with options or with anything, whether it's shares, options, OTC, currencies, crypto, whatever, um, your risk builds wealth. Your value holds wealth, right? If I wanted to hold wealth, I would be buying shares at SP, uh, in, in the SPY and things like that. And I would be scaling in as it comes down. I would constantly be scaling in and averaging that position uh, until it hits the bottom. And once it starts going back up, I'm still scaling in because I'm just holding that value because I'm not expecting to do anything with that money anytime soon anyway. But if I want to build wealth, buying the SPY right now, just to me, I mean, granted, I'm not an economist or anything, but to me, this seems like a terrible idea to just, you know, do, pull, to do the Warren Buffett style of, let me buy this ETF and hold this ETF uh, from this level and just dump all of my money in it at one time um, and just hold it for you know 10 years. We don't know exactly how bad this little pickle that we're in, in the, with the economy and inflation and all that's going to be. This could be a three-month deal. It could be a two-month deal. It could be a six-year deal. We don't know. And if you buy and hold up here at 427 and the spy decides it wants to trace to 280, well, you're $200 down. You're completely and totally screwed. You lost half your money and nobody told you when to get out because Warren Buffett don't talk about stop losses and when to get out of a trade. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm in the, in, in, in my financial, you know, my financial uh, situation or whatever the case may be, I am in the build wealth stage. I'm looking to get into uh, investment properties and all this other kind of stuff. We've got our eyes on a few right now. But uh, I'm in the build wealth stage. I'm not in the hold wealth stage. I don't have enough wealth to hold. You know, I got to take what I got and I got to make it grow. And uh, to do that, I have to subject it to some type of risk. And to me, this is the most controllable form of risk that offers the types of returns that I need to actually build wealth in this market, because this is a difficult market to build wealth in right now. Especially yeah, for absolutely. somebody who doesn't short. I don't like to short. I don't like the whole unlimited risk thing. That's not for me. Yeah, you're mostly just calls and puts, correct? Right, calls and puts. What I do doesn't even affect the share price, you know? Yeah, and so then that's just obviously an option to buy at a price or sell at a price. You're not going to be short stock. Right, I, I, like I said, I don't like uncontrollable risk and there's no guarantee that something crazy won't happen in pre-market that will, you know, give me an 80% loss, especially when we're talking about those, uh, those retail strongholds like AMC and GME and all these other, you know, obvious downtrends you never you never know when all these people are going to wake up and go dump thousands of dollars into this again and send it running and you can't control that risk if you're not awake if you're not looking at it at six o'clock in the morning you don't know what's happening so I, yeah. I don't play that game at all yeah and i think this is you know it's really interesting to talk to you about this because you know i think when you buy and hold the the only way to get away from that risk is with time and um so, you know, the longer you hold, the more likely that those assets, are, especially with SPY or something like that, is going to, to go up. You know, they, it's a, they say it's probably, what, a 10% return per year, but it, it's not every year. It's, you know, yeah, over the course of the right. time the SPY has been around. So, I mean, it's, if there's no guarantee that it's not going to be down 10% this year or next year or whatever. Um, so I thought maybe we could just dig into what you, the what you touched on there, the risk management part, maybe I, I know you got your charts up here. So maybe we could just look a little bit about today. Cause I know today was kind of a weird day. Maybe we could look a little bit about what happened to spy and VIX and just a few indicators that you would look at in a, on a daily trading session. Yeah. So I have, I have spy pulled up and I'll just walk everybody through what, uh, what I do for a setup. This is the trading. Uh, I use TradingView exclusively. Exclusively, I don't use any other charting program. Uh, not Thinkorswim or anything else. Just TradingView. And what I like, uh, what I like to do with TradingView now, especially, 
uh, that they give us, uh, they, they updated their session volume. So the first thing that I put on my chart is uh, session volume. This is, to me, this is absolutely the most critical uh, tool in my tool belt for uh, as a day trader. Uh, and what I do is I have the value area high, value area low and the POC all checked off. And if you come over here to the inputs, you can see I have them all extended right. That means if it hasn't been touched, if any of these lines that generate from the session volume haven't been touched, then they're going to shoot off to the right just like this one is up here and until it gets touched again. So that gives me a nice, easy way to play uh, uh, for support and resistance, right? Uh, the second thing that I look at on my chart, I have two different VWAPs. One has a, a level one band or a standard deviation of one band. The second one has a standard deviation of two. You can barely see them in the background here. I don't like a lot of noise on my chart, so I just have it back there. I can look at it if I want to, and it kind of disappears if I don't pay attention, you know, looking for it. But VWAP is an absolutely crucial part of my trading setup. I have RSI down here. Uh, as well. And I have Ichimoku in the background. If you've looked at my uh, YouTube videos and things like that, you see that I absolutely love Ichimoku. I think this is probably one of the most genius indicators that's ever been put out as far as technical analysis and trading goes. So I use it a lot. I use a couple of other things here and there whenever I need to, but for the most part, this is what, this is what I roll with. Uh, as far as the session volume goes, TradingView has upgraded it or updated it, whatever would be the right word. And they have given us this button here. Now, originally it was taking your pre-market data all the way to your after hours data for each day. And that was pretty good. That, that's pretty good for certain types of analysis. But for day trading, I actually want to see that point of control for pre-market. Because as you can see, that was a target earlier today. And it's a target that we used. It's a target that we used earlier today. Um, I took this trade right here, these two little black bars. I'll zoom in. But I took these two little black bars right here. And I got out on this trade. This was about a 40% banger right here. All I did was buy puts on the resistance. It made sense. Our pre-market structure was right here, our pre-market high. Bought puts on the resistance. Came back in here, seen it crawling back up. It popped over. Uh, what did it pop back over? I think it was the point of control. It uh, been hanging out here all day. No, it, it was VWAP. It bounced off of VWAP. I bought calls and lost money. Just like that. Now, the risk management that actually kept me from losing a lot of money, because we're talking about this, this is probably somewhere about 30, 40% on this trade, right? So this would be 30 or 40% on this candle. I don't want to lose 30 or 40%. That's terrible. You know, nobody wants to lose that. I use this box over here on TradingView. They have a long position, short position. In this particular case, I was in a long position. I bought that call at VWAP. And what I did was I took my short, my short side of it, my risk side, the red side, and I moved it up just below the black candle. So I'm taking a hybrid version of the strat here. If you've ever heard that, it's a technical strategy out there that has to do with trading candlesticks. So I've incorporated some elements of that into my trading as well. Um, I'm looking at, you know, of course, looking at RSI and things like that and seeing that RSI actually, uh, actually was still above the 50 whenever I took this. So I felt really good about this position. Um, set my risk. My reward, my reward is going to be two to one. In this case, I actually backed it down. I'm expecting it to come back and tag this top end right here. And I just wanted to take, take a play right back to this point of control. And I was going to take profits and get out. The trade didn't happen. The trade didn't work. It, it happens. It happens. How you lose matters in, in this game. And this loss ended up being about an 11% loss instead of the 30% that, you know, because you get through this candle, you're like, oh my God, maybe it'll go back up and I can get out a little bit less. And then this candle happens. By the time you end up thinking about selling, you're somewhere down here. This is what happens. This is, this is, how, this is how people get crushed and how they make these 60, 70, 80% losses. They say, this is impossible. No, I'm up here. I lost 11, maybe 15%, something like that, and, uh, and got out. And got out of the market just right below, right below this candle up here, uh, right up in here somewhere. This is my risk management. This is how I set it. I identify what my risk is. I have a strategy of using the candlesticks, um, hiding just below VWAP in this particular case. It's where my stop loss is. So I know I have all that protection from VWAP and all that protection from the, uh, the previous candle. Uh, yeah, the previous candle and everything else that had propped this up and stopped that price action in the first place. I'm feeling pretty good about it. Trade doesn't go my way. I click the sell button. I move on and I look for the next opportunity. We uh, got chopped up a little bit down here on this same kind of deal. We've seen this breakout. 
obvious breakout, right? Low a day, breaks below the low a day, took a scalp into this and actually took two position scalp. Uh, I bought four. Uh, I was playing small positions today because I didn't like the market from the very beginning of the morning. But I took a, a two position scalp. So I bought two sets of two puts. And my idea was as soon as one shows weakness, I'm getting out of it and I'll let the other two sit out there, you know, the, the other position sit out there and run. So I took my two positions right here. And again, I'm just going to hide over the top of my breakout. And I'm just looking for that two to one trade. In this case, I actually hit my two to one on it and I left it to run. I can't get it exactly. It's not one to cooperate, but you get the idea. I left it to run and it didn't run. So after about, after somewhere up in this candle, maybe the beginning of this candle, I exited that second position. I made profits on both of those individual trades. Uh, if you want to look at it as a two trade setup, that's how I had envisioned it whenever I set up my plan. Uh, we got chopped up a few other times, or not say we, um, well, I mean, I got chopped up a few different times up in this area until we come up to this, uh, this candle here. Something special happened to this. I didn't talk about that. I use the anchored VWAP a lot. This is a Brian Shannon technique. You can uh, check it out. Brian Shannon's a highly uh, recognized technical trader, and he uses a two-day anchored VWAP. So all I did was take the anchored VWAP tool, drop it on the first candle, and it gives me this little support and resistance VWAP floating around in outer space. I recognize this contact with resistance right here. Again, set up this trade plan. Uh, this was a short position trade on this particular one and wanted to hide just above that anchored VWAP. So I'm not looking for massive gains. You look how small this, these trade setups are, these trade plans, right? I'm looking to just get that two to one. And if it shows weakness at that two to one mark, I'm getting out of the trade. Well, this one didn't show weakness. I let it run. And actually this was the 115% trade in 15 minutes. So that was an absolute banger today that uh, got rid of some losses. Took a loss in cues. That loss actually jumped over where I wanted to stop loss. And it just, before I could get on the button, it, it got away from me. I don't use mechanical stop losses. I do, uh, if I buy, it's because I clicked it. If I sell, it's because I clicked it. I don't use any limit orders at all. Wow. And yeah, especially if you have the time to sit there and watch and patience, that is the way to go, I think. Um, unless, of course, you let yourself get emotional and don't click that button. Right. You, ha you have to supposed have to, you have to have the discipline. You have to have the discipline. Uh, mm -hmm. And it takes a lot of discipline to sell for a loss. It really does. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, just one thing, the VWAP and the RSI, these are indicators that I hear a lot. Um, mm -hmm. I had Charlie Mandan on the other day. He's another technical guy. Um, he trades common shares. He looks for oversold bounces. And one thing that he really uses is the RSI. Um, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about what those are exactly, the VWAP and the RSI. Okay, so the VWAP, the VWAP is a moving average, for lack of a better term, but it incorporates volume as well as price as opposed to just price. So VWAP has an element of volume, price, and time. Your traditional VWAP, which is our pink little dots that I have here, uh, the traditional VWAP, you'll see it make these huge jumps at the end of the day. This is after hours, the shaded blue area, the yellowish area is pre-market, and it makes this huge jump for no reason. It resets every single day. So it has an arbitrary start point. I don't like arbitrary, but I know that a lot of traders, including big traders, big money and smart money, they look at VWAP. So if they have it on their chart, I need to have it on my chart is the way that I look at it, but I don't like it. I like the anchored VWAP a little bit better because it's not arbitrary. I can be a little bit more, uh, a little bit more discretionary with it um, because I can choose my anchor point. So I can take the anchored VWAP and I can play it off of highs and lows and things like that. But it's the same thing. It just has a start. It has a different start point than your VWAP. Uh, to me, VWAPs, uh, the anchored VWAP and the regular VWAP is the moving average of the future. I think that they've pretty much made most moving average type strategies obsolete. If you really understand and dive into VWAP and uh, you know, which direction the VWAP is pointing, where's price at in reference to that direction, in reference to that VWAP and things of that nature. So it's a little bit of a step, uh, some steps that you have to get into to learn with that. Um, but the VWAPs are absolutely critical. Look at the bounces that we get in these areas with the VWAP. Each one of these could be successful trades. Every single one of them, you get very few pass-throughs. Those pass-throughs tend to be violent, especially if they stick, come back up for a retest like we did. Let me get the thing out of the way. 
But like right here, passed through VWAP, came back up, actually got a retest of the VWAP. This would have been an absolutely outstanding. I was talking earlier on live stream saying that this was going to happen, and I watched it happen. And for whatever reason, I never hit the button to buy the puts. I don't understand why I made I didn't make that decision to buy here because this would have been probably another 80 to 100% trade right here. But uh, for whatever reason, I didn't do it. Uh, watched it happen, waited for that breakout right down here. So yeah, it, it worked out in the end for me. But uh, it could, it could, this could have gone a lot better. Like I said, VWAPs, they're pretty much the moving average of the future. This is, this is what the big dogs are using. This is what everybody who's doing technical use, trading, for the most part, uh, they use VWAP to some degree or another. The anchored VWAP is a little bit more obscure, but I find it to be absolutely breathtaking how powerful this thing, thing can be whenever you really start diving in and how to use it. The RSI. I heard you use the forbidden words. I hate those words in cater traders. <laughs> Overbought and oversold. Those words only mean something uh, whenever the trend's ranging. Whenever you're talking about a strong trending environment, say it's a strong uptrend, a huge bullish trend. We're talking about COVID recovery from 2020 type uptrend. We're just never ending, right? These things can go and stay in an overbought level for a long time. And by the time they come back down and go to oversold, they haven't made any significant correction at all. The oversold portion of it becomes a great area to buy the dip, for example, especially as it comes out of that oversold area. But the overbought area, a lot of times ends up being a terrible place to take profits if you're in a trending market. This indicator takes on any kind of momentum indicator like the, uh, the MACD, the stochastic, the stochastic RSI, uh, MFI, RSI, all of these things. They take on a different characteristic and a different nature whenever you're in a ranging market. And a lot of traders don't realize that. If you don't correctly associate what this thing's telling you to the proper market structures and market conditions, then you can get chopped up pretty easy using these indicators. You can lose money. And considering that markets range 70 to 80% of the time, you can actually lose all of your money playing it exactly the way that Investopedia tells you to play it. So the guys that know how to trade RSI and that are really good at it, they're also good at associating those different characteristics of market structures like trends and ranges and uptrends, markdowns and distributions, accumulations and all this other type of stuff. And they know how this thing shifts and evolves and when these signals, what these signals actually mean through those different evolutions. Uh, the RSI, mainly the easiest way for me to put some good information out there is anything over, uh, over 50 is bullish. Anything under 50 is bearish. Leave it at that. The 70 and the 30 line, they're good, but you have to understand what kind of market you're in for those lines to have any type of good meaning whatsoever. If I'm in a strong uptrend and it's banging out at 82 RSI, I'm not selling. I'm not going to sell because I know it can come back down to 70, bounce off of 70, go straight back to 90 and price done jumped up $25. If I would have sold just because it was at a 75 or whatever we said earlier, I would have missed everything just because of the RSI. So it's not a good, it's not a good indicator to use on its own, but whenever you start incorporating elements of volume and price action and the study of how price action is moving over time, which we would translate over to momentum, which is exactly what the RSI is trying to do, then the RSI makes a lot of sense. It's actually out of all the different indicators I can put on the bottom of my chart, other than volume, RSI is my favorite one. Yeah, and, and I know I've seen before just watching charts and looking at RSI, it does seem to, I mean, it's always in hindsight because I don't do this stuff through the day like you do, mm -hmm. but I'm like, oh, look, there's you know a bounce off the RSI. Imagine that. Right. And we have, this is a, this is actually a customized RSI. This is a, uh, we, we use the MARSI uh, setup, which would normally be a simple moving average or an EMA. Uh, we've come up with our own system over this. And I'm not going to give away my secret sauce, you know, but uh, we come up with our own system. You can see where it draws the boxes on these crosses. And a lot of times these crosses, it wasn't the greatest indicator for the day because we were in a choppy market, but a lot of times these crosses uh, where these boxes pop up can give us absolutely face ripping trades in one direction, uh, one direction or the other. And a lot of times, a lot of us are taking just that RSI signal like, oh, the box popped up, bye. And, uh, but, but we have to, we have to understand that what the market conditions are because that box like this one right here is a red box that's saying prices are going to go down right here. What's the very next candle do? The prices go up. We're in a ranging condition. These signals aren't any good. Yeah. And when you say ranging, um, some people may say consolidation. Is that kind of where you're going with that? Cons just sort consolidation. Of yeah. So yeah. I'm just, 
where your where your tops and your bottoms, your highs and your low are relatively sideways is what I mean by range. Yeah. Consolidation, consolidation can be broken down into accumulation and distribution. That all goes into market structure studies with uh, uh, Wyckoff and Charles Dow and uh, um, what's his name, uh, Elliot and all this other stuff. Uh, you can get in real deep into the market structures, but basically, is it uptrending? Is it downtrending? Or is it going sideways? Is it going sideways at the top of an uptrend? Or is it going sideways at the bottom of a downtrend? These answers matter. So just moving on from that, okay. a lot of people say, don't fight the Fed, which, which I think is a great methodology. That you don't want to be going against the macro factors in the markets on your with your trading. So I wonder how much time and effort do you put into those big factors when you're day trading? Because I don't know if it necessarily matters as much. On a, it doesn't a, matter at all. So I got I got a morning show. I just brought it back. We did it last year for a while and we moved and I didn't have an office set up. And uh, it took a while to get to where I had a space in order to get uh, face-to-face live stream and stuff like that. But the market uh, the, or the morning show that I do, uh, the first 15, 20 minutes uh, of it is me going through the CNBC and uh, sometimes Fox Business and things like that headlines. Uh, and I read them because I know people are interested in them. I give my opinion because people like to hear people's opinions on the news. And I throw in a little bit of humor and sarcasm because some of this stuff is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, they want to they, they want to talk about things that have nothing to do with think, hey, this company is doing this. Well, that's great. I can't even invest in that company. It's not even a publicly traded company. So why do I care? You know, um, kudos to you for writing that. I appreciate that, buddy. You know, and that's kind of that's kind of what I do with the news. But as far as the news during the day, dude, what you see on the screen right now with my charts, that's it. I don't have a scanner. I don't have a screener. I don't have uh, anything showing me headlines popping up on my phone or on my Apple Watch or anything uh, or on my other screen or any of this other stuff. I look at just the price action because like you said, I'm not in the market long enough for this stuff to matter unless it's something uh, like a key event, like the Fed's going to come out and talk at two o'clock today. Well, I'll probably be at all cash at, you know, 145 and I'll just wait and see what happens and I'll go back in. I'll jump in with the momentum. No big deal Um, for an actual investor, because I am that too. I do invest. Okay. That's not my bread and butter. That's not what I talk about. That's not what I push out there, but I do invest. Uh, you can't fight the Fed. It is a losing battle. Uh, this, the, another way to state that uh, from a price action trader guy, from a technical guy like myself, is the trend is your friend. If prices are going down, why would you buy or, or why would you buy shares? If prices are constantly going down and I'm in an established downtrend and I'm looking at it and it's lower lows and lower highs and the RSI is just absolutely trash below 50. Um, my, you know, there's no support into, you know, dynamic support indicators, your movement averages and all this other kind of stuff. It's below the Ichimoku cloud. Uh, and everything's just telling me this in a downtrend. Why would I buy? Why would I buy? I'm fighting the trend. Why not wait? And this is a saying that's caught fire in my discord. Be willing to pay more for less risk. It makes a lot of sense. If I can pay another dollar per share and get almost no risk out of that dollar per share, then why not, why not wait that extra dollar? Because it's going to cost me a hundred shares or a thousand shares or whatever, you know, whatever I'm buying, what's it matter in the end? If I, if I, if I don't wait and it rejects off of where I should have bought and it actually comes down from that, then I stand to lose a lot more than I would have paid just to wait to see the breakout or wait to see it uh, turn into a bullish market from that point. So patience plays a real big game in all of this. And that patience actually, you know, you hear patience pays and, you know, the little where they change it, P-A-Y, you know, um, that actually plays a big role in just don't fight the trend. Just wait it out. If it's going down, it's going down. No big deal. Unless you're waiting on some kind of major fundamental event or some kind of major PR or something like that, where you really believe that it could change the, the, the trend uh, and the direction of the company like that then you really have no business buying shares at that point. Let somebody else take that hit. It's like it's, it's, it's just like buying the, uh, a used car from last year that has 5,000 miles on it, but just because somebody else bought it, they depreciated the value $15,000 for you. And it's just, you know, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes the weight is worth it. Uh, do, you get the low, do you get the lowest of the lows by doing that? No, you don't. You don't. You never will. That's not, that's not the name of the game that I'm trying to play. I'm trying to put money in the market and have as little risk as possible and as much reward as I can for that minimal risk. And that's, that's the way that I approach it as a very cautious, very 
uh, risk management focused uh, way of swing trading, of day trading uh, options, of investing, whatever the case may be. I want to know what my risk is. I want to be able to manage that risk. And I want to see that the overall trend is moving in my direction. Now, whenever we translate that into day trading, these trends change fast, you know, so that's why I got it. That's, that's why I decided that I decided it just kind of evolved that way or whatever that I'm going to scalp as soon as I get my profits, if I see weakness, I'm out. So that's, that's, you know, you can't fight the Fed. You can't fight the trend. Yeah. And it, you know, it's, it's interesting. You mentioned paying more for risk or paying more to not have risk. Um, because something that I've learned is you can kind of put layers of protection on your Mm -hmm. investments if you want, but it's going to cost you money. So for example, you could buy, you could go long on shares and you can buy options to hedge those to the downside, but you're going to pay a premium. So it's kind of like every layer that you add for insurance kind of cuts into your gains a little bit, but sometimes it's worth it. And for you, it seems like scalping and putting in those, you know, you don't do automated stop losses, but being aware of where the price is and how far it can go is your way of kind of a safety net and, and not trying to get too greedy. Right. Right. But like I said, that is a very discipline heavy approach to not use the stop loss. I actually encourage everybody to use the stop loss. It's kind of, uh, kind of a do as I say, not as I do kind of scenario right there. But, uh, I encourage the use of stop losses. I don't think there's anything wrong with them. For some reason, they unsettle me and I don't know why. I just want to have control over my money of, you know, I'll decide if I'm going to sell it or not because the chart may develop right there at the stop loss level. And I might look at it and look at the volume and say, no, I'm good. I'm going to hold. But if I, if it triggers a stop loss, I can't do that. So I'm, I'm kind of a control freak when it comes to that, but definitely especially if you're starting out with technical trading, use the stop loss, use it. Don't change. Once you put it in there, do not change it. Do not change unless you're scaling it up to protect profits. Now you talked about um, managing risk. Uh, and I know I'm not talking to just day traders. You know, some of your people are obviously going to be investors. I see the great big old maple leaf behind you and stuff like that. So some people don't even have access to trade the options uh, where you're at, you know, um, if you can, but if it's too expensive, or whatever the case may be, you can always sell options against your position. If the ticker has options available and you see that it's going into a downtrend, you're comfortable with holding it, you're planning on doing this for five years or whatever the case may be in this investment, uh, then why not sell calls against your position? Why not come to a chart? Like if we come to the SPY daily chart over here and let's say let's say we're right here. Uh, let me get a little arrow or something. There we go. Let's say we're right here and we recognize that it's going into a downtrend. Why not sell some calls at, say, whatever this price is, 454, 453? We recognize that it's in a downtrend. Somebody will buy those calls. And as this depreciates, you continue to make money. You get to keep that premium. This is a way to reduce your cost basis and actually put a little bit of money in your pocket without worrying about always averaging down, averaging down, averaging down every time there's a dip. There's more ways that you can play the market with, uh, with options. Tasty Trades. Uh, Tasty trades or paper gains would be the only two people in the world that I'd listen to for any options advice on how to do this. Uh, That's where I've got 100% of my information from has been Tasty trades and paper gains. Um, I know how to do the high level stuff. Uh, I actually did this a long time before I met them selling calls against my position or selling puts against my position for that matter if it's in an uptrend. But um, if people are actually looking to get into some advanced option strategies on how to make money on a sideways market and things like that, both of those guys are absolutely outstanding at what they do. Yeah. It actually was uh, Tom and tasty trades that was talking about the strategy and how putting layers of risk management on top of your investments costs yeah. money, but it also protects you from downside, as you say, or, you know, you can, you can have covered calls and you can, make some money regardless of what happens. You know, if you're going to hold long forever, why not put some covered calls on? Exactly. And worst case scenario, the calls print, they get assigned and you still get all the money from the shares. Yeah, for sure. Like put it at a place where you would have sold anyways and you're laughing. Um, But yeah, so I think this has been great. Um, There is so much to learn with these charts it's insane. I can see why you have 73 videos or, or whatever it is. Um, yeah. 
Actually, just teach somebody how to read the charts. Yeah, it's about yeah. 15 videos. This is this is volume. This is VWAP. This is, you know, this is how you draw your lines on the chart. This is how you draw lines that matter on your chart. Uh, this is your rough, inter, uh, you know, introduction to the uh, to the indicators. And I set it up that way in my videos to where somebody can get to, you know, the first three or four modules worth of videos and they can say, OK, they can look at the chart and say, OK, I understand what's going on. Could they could they trade it? Well, there's risk management in there. There's entries, there's exits in there. Yeah, they could trade it. But are they as equipped as they need to be to really trade it? Probably not. Price action trading is incredibly difficult. That's why the indicators are so good. They go uh, they help you understand the price action a little bit better as long as you put it in the proper context. And then after that, the reason why there's so many videos is because each module is going to be a different strategy. And I'm working, I'm still working on producing these videos, but some is going to be Japanese charting with Ichimoku and Rinko and uh, uh, Haikanashi candles and things like that. And then there's going to be one talking about moving average strategies. And there's going to be one talking about uh, VWAP based strategies. And, you know, some focus more on swing trade and some focus more on day trading. Uh, that way these people can go through, you know, everybody can go through and they can find like, okay, I hate this. I don't understand what this guy's talking about, but this over here, this makes sense with all the other stuff that I've read in the beginning or that I watched in the beginning. And they can take that module and plug it into the first three or four modules, however many it is, I have to go look at it. Uh, they can plug it into the first three or four modules and it's supposed to all come together. That's what I'm trying to develop, kind of a dynamic system where you get to go out and discover what, which one of these systems and which type, you know, these combinations of indicators that work, which ones actually speak to you as a trader. So that's yeah, why there's yeah. 78 and probably going to be more as time goes on and on. It's probably <laughs> going to be like a living document, like the constitution, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. And you know what? It sounds like you're doing with, with your brand, exactly what I'm trying to do with this show. And what I try to do is explore options for people to make money, whether that is real estate, investing, day trading options, day trading shares. I don't really care what it is. I want to learn about it as long as it's going to make people money because not there is no strategy that works for everybody. You know, the right. guy who wants to have an Airbnb may not be interested in day trading options, but if I can, you know, expose them to just a general level of knowledge of that thing, then maybe they'll dig into it a little bit further. So if people want to learn about this, uh, just before we close out the show here, I want to give you an opportunity to let everyone know where they can find your stuff if they want to learn how to day trade. We've got a, got a YouTube channel. If you look up Gator Traders, there's a guy named Gator Trader. That's not me. Gator Traders with an S, that's me. You'll recognize the great big old football logo, oh, football helmet looking logo uh, that we have. I love my, love my logo. Absolutely love it. But uh, you'll recognize that on YouTube. I don't have much on YouTube now because a lot of my stuff was outdated because like I said, I spent like, I, I took like a four month hiatus from YouTube. So I went and unlisted everything um, and I'm starting afresh with it, uh, with new content, uh, stuff that's a little bit more relevant. There's going to be some stuff like the morning hunts, um, the morning shows. Those are going to be pretty specific to that day or that week or whatever the case may be. The tutorial videos and things like that. They're a lot more relevant to the times. Uh, I've become a better trader. I've become better at talking to people, talking to the camera and things like that. And I left up four of my first uh, tutorial videos as proof of how far that I've actually come with this because they are absolutely awful. Um, but the YouTube channel is growing. My website is www.gator-traders.com. So it's got a little, little hyphen in the middle there. But Gator, uh, GatorTraders.com, I do have a blog up. Again, once upon a time, that blog was really geared towards the fundamentals of a few different small cap stocks. I've gotten rid of all of that stuff. It's not relevant anymore. That information is out of date. Uh, and I brought, uh, I brought a, new, uh, a new life into the blog, talking about trading psychology, different, uh, different tutorials, setting up a few different trade plans as an example. And a couple of those trade plans didn't even pan out. We were actually, we were actually able to filter out bad um, bad trades by having a good entry criteria. Uh, so they have a few of those actually up there as, uh, as living examples of how this stuff can actually help you. Um, so we have that going on. I'm on Twitter, Gator Traders 316. Um, I'm on Twitter. I put up a pretty good bit of information like uh, throughout the uh, throughout the day. I try to, I try to remember. I for, completely forgot about Twitter today, but I try to put up information in charts. I'm on TradingView, Gator Traders, no space. Um, I put up, uh, I, I try to get involved in a little forum that they have on TradingView as well. So we've got a lot of, a lot of 
arms out everywhere. One of the best ways to figure out where all of this stuff is, though, is go to the website and sign up for my newsletter. It's absolutely free. And here's my promise for the newsletter, because everybody looks at the newsletter. So, oh, my God, I'm not signing up for this. I don't want another email. It's pretty much ad free. I'm not going to sit here and bug you about joining the Discord. I'm not going to sit here and bug you about joining premium um, and doing this and doing that. Take a few different blog articles throughout the week. I throw those in there. That way you can have some high keys to get to the website. I put an opinion, uh, an opinion piece of what I think about the markets, how it's developing and how it's going. Maybe have a few different tickers. We looked at PLUG last week in the, uh, in the newsletter. Uh, and I've kind of restructured and rebuilding. And I think I know the direction that I want to go uh, to make it useful for people. And I'm sending, uh, sending that out every weekend, shooting for every Saturday might be some Sundays because I do actually have a, uh, have a regular job. I'm not just a full-time trader. I'm a professional day trader on some days. I'm a professional operator in a chemical plant on other days, right? So uh, it's just hard for me to give up a recession-proof job. But uh, the newsletter is the best way to get connected to everything because there are links uh, to all of this different stuff, you know, hidden throughout the newsletter, but it's not just heavy ad focused of me trying to convince you to buy my services. I want that newsletter and I want my blog and I want my videos and things like that. I want those to convince people to actually buy the services without me saying, Hey, you should join my premium service because I had three people make 200% trades today. You know, yeah. What's that? what does that, what does that matter? What those people or what I am able to do? What are you able to do? Yeah, no, that's amazing. I, I agree. I don't badger people either. I don't I don't really think it's useful anyways. I mean, Just, I'm sure it is, but you don't want those people following you anyhow. Right. If, right. It, if you have to convince them, right? Because then it wouldn't be as good of a, a community to build that way, I wouldn't think. I'd rather I'd rather have a small tight knit community than a big community that nobody knows anybody. Yeah, exactly. So um, yeah, money to be made in the big community, but it's not about the money. It's about the people. It's always been about the people. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I think this has been awesome. Uh, just wanted to thank you for coming on. I'm going to have to subscribe to that newsletter for sure. Cause uh, I look forward to hearing some of your insights. It don't cost nothing. So <laughs> yeah, awesome. All yeah, right. Well, I appreciate so it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been a good time. I, I sincerely appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. Joe is not a financial advisor and may have interest in the stocks discussed on the show. So do not take any information included within this podcast as a recommendation or formal advice. Thank you.